welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We are recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Dedman, and joining me for the third annual Stogie Awards, Mr. Shane Reeves. It's an honor to be asked to host again on my own <laughs> show. Um, it's, it's nice to be asked to come back. It's actually... It just feels good to get back in the rhythm because, you know, we had a couple of weeks where we went remote and then last week I was sick and wasn't in a good place to be able to do a podcast. And And then on top of that, I had to go out of town and so it just didn't work and it just it didn't feel right. So I think it's only fitting that we come back uh, in person for our annual Stogie Awards. I've been looking forward to this. I have to and I'm I'm such a pattern person. I like my, my schedule. And when my schedule gets upended, it really disturbs me. Well, even before we had to do that remote episode, the week before that, we didn't record on our usual Wednesday night. So we've been kind of off kilter for a while. It feels good to get back in the saddle the right way. It is. It's nice to get get back kind of in there. So this is the Stogies. So I came up with this idea, and I'm glad to know that that you didn't hate it. this is kind of a new tradition that we're going to start, which is that last year, the cigar of the year was the La Aurora Donlino Africa, and well-deserved as well. So I think it's only fitting that on this year's Stogie Awards, we both smoke last year's Cigar of the Year. We're going to try and keep this going as we go forward. Um, but this is a cigar that Shane and I have both really, really enjoyed this year. I think you've probably smoked, what, four boxes worth at this point? At least. At and least I, four or five boxes. And I'm at about two. So um, just an all-around amazing stick. This is the only cigar in my life that when I run out, I just go buy another box. Yeah. You know, almost all the other cigars in my life that I bought boxes of, by the time I got to the end of the box, I was done. See, that's me with the charter rope. Yeah, but, but you know when I had the when I went on the Charter Oak Connecticut kick, by the time I got to the end of that box, I was okay. I was good on Charter Oak Connecticut's for a while. Yeah, but the Africa, I seem to never. More often than not, it's the cigar I want. Right. More often than not, it's the perfect cigar for the moment. I enjoyed it so much in the deer stand this year, just sitting there, having a nice slow. I actually, um, I had a deer in my sights. I had to set down my cigar to look at a deer in my sights one day. And I'll people say what they want about smoke running off deer. It don't. And I'll, I'd, I'd set my Africa down. Well, they are natural, naturally curious creatures. Yeah, and if you're a deer and you see smoke, you better be going to find out where it is so it don't so you don't get hemmed up in a valley or something like right. that. And I'll, but I've, I've shot a number of them. But I've, I had a, I've just enjoyed this cigar all year long. This to me has been. The true definition of what cigar of the year. You know, you look at some of these other lists, and you say, "Yeah, that's a good cigar," but that's not a. It's not the cigar I pick up every ch- chance I get. And I think it's that way. I think it, the cigar of the year should either be the cigar you want more often than not, or it should be such a destination smoke that it's worthy. Yeah, but it, I don't think anything in the middle should ever happen. I completely agree, and I think that's one of the great things about. That cigar for us last year, you know, we always try when looking at the cigar of the year to go for cigars that came out that year. I feel like that's fitting. But 
this year in particular, I feel like we had so many, and, and last year was the same way, so many great cigars that came out that there's just not room enough to nominate all of them for Cigar of the Year, and that's why we created our first category, which is Rookie of the Year. This is a cigar that came out this year. Well, while you're, while you're lighting your Africa, I'll go ahead and give a little rundown on the Rookie of the Year category. And, uh, you know, the La Aurora 107 Nicaraguan. This one came out to a lot of ballyhoo, a lot of excitement from you and I. Um, I was a bit more of a fan of it than you were. Well, the first one I smoked, I really liked. It was the preceding ones there that was that didn't hold up as well to me. Have you ever gone back to the Robusto? I have, and it's still just a, it still hasn't wasn't quite that. held up as well. Um, a dark horse, something I never thought we'd nominate as a Gurkha, but the Gurkha Nicaraguan is excellent. I still haven't had one yet. Uh, definitely want to, however. Um, I never, ever would have thought I'd see the day where not only did you like a Gurkha, but liked it enough that it got a nomination for an award on our show. That's that speaks really highly of that cigar. I think it does, and they, they did it. And it's it goes to show, you know. If I had not been gifted that cigar, I can assure you I'd have never bought it. Right. And uh, But I've since bought several because I, I did like it. So it goes to show, don't close your mind too too quickly on some cigar companies. Right. The Reserve Real Nicaraguan, the Romeo. I have probably smoked about a box worth of these. I have too. I, found, I got him to get them here. They've sold like crazy. They've been good cigars. They have been. They have, they have done well. They're priced appropriately for a great everyday smoke, I think. We didn't include this in our workhorse category, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it find its way into that category next year. It's th- my my only complaint about it is the fact that it does have a tendency for the wrapper to rip when you take the label off of it. It does. The, whatever leaf they use happens just Very seems to fragile. be a little softer leaf. Yeah, but that's if that's all I can say about a cigar because it still holds together for the end. I mean, it, this one that was a really great cigar this year. Yeah, as long as the the taste is there and the flavor is there, it's hard to beat. Yeah, and uh, the Charter Oak Cabano. And uh, now I finally had one of these because you took matters into your own hands and couldn't well, wait on me. Actually, my wife took matters into her own hands. She got tired of hearing me complain about it on the show and wait for you, and she just ordered me two. And it is very good. It is by far the best of the Charter Oaks. It is, and I said this at the time when I first smoked it. It's everything you love about both the Broadleaf and the Connecticut, and no- and and nothing you don't. Yeah, it's really, I just can't say enough good about the Charter Oak Cabano. And then you entered the H. Upman 1844 Añejo. So this is a cigar that just came out about a month ago to not very much fanfare. I The last time I went up and saw our buddies at Casa de Monte Cristo, I grabbed one of these and was blown away by how good it was. Super smooth. Everything that we have... You know, H. Upman is one of those legacy brands that's been around forever, goes through its peaks and valleys, and I think with the cigar that they did, the collaboration with A.J. Fernandez that you and I both really liked, I think it really showed that that's a a legacy brand that's not just necessarily stuck. And so I've been branching out, and this cigar is a perfect example of that. It's it's really well-balanced, well-priced, and a great follow-up to that A.J. Fernandez H. Upman. Well, the H. Upmans, you know, um, Alta Deist did a great job last year 
in 2019 of kind of reinventing themselves. They did. In 2019, they kind of reinvented themselves. And in 2020, because of the nature of how 2020 was, I don't think they they advanced as swiftly as they did in 19, but they still held their held their ground. Absolutely. Held their ground very well. So the winner is? The winner is the Charter Oak Habano. Has to be. Um, price is... Can't, can't be beat. Yeah, the price is king on this cigar. Still a great cigar. Not terribly hard to get a hold of. And can be... I'm surprised to hear you say that. I guess that's just because you were waiting on me. Uh, yeah. No, it, it's, it's priced appropriately. It's easy to get a hold of. And it's also great for any time of day. And I think that's one of the things that really tipped it over the bar for me is the fact that it's a great morning cigar. It's a great after-dinner cigar. It's a great all-around all around, all around stick. Yep, just an absolutely great stick. Well-deserved. Congratulations, Charter Oak Cabana. So, morning cigar. So, let me tell you about my morning cigar journey. I haven't had a morning cigar... Well, I had one because I had something come up and I needed to sit down and kind of process it and all that. Fred, a dear friend of mine passed and all this weekend, and it was kind of nice to be able to just sit down and smoke a cigar and take time to process that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, think about all the friends you have. Now, you can't do this because you're not 32 yet, but think about the number of friends you've had for 32 years. I am 32. How old are you? 34. 34. Okay, so think of the number of friends you've had since you were two. Right. But no, think of the friends you've had since you were 12 years old. Me and Brandon had been friends from the time I was 12 years old. I remember the day I met him. Plane is is sitting right here right now. I can remember every detail. Um, Now, put those on. Most people can put the number of friends they've had 32 years. On one hand. On one hand. Now, subtract from that. The number of friends that you talk to twice a week right? that you've had for 32 years. Most people don't have any fingers left at the end of this exercise. Right. And I lost one of those this week, and that's been, that's been big, but it was really nice and comforting. But up to that point, I hadn't had a morning cigar in 2021. Right. I've just stepped away from the morning cigar. It's also been real cold. It's been real cold, and I've been doing my exercising at the house. I've been... It just has not been the right moment for that morning cigar. Right. And that's the beautiful thing about cigars. If I don't have a morning cigar, it's not like I get to work and I'm itchy. Yeah. And uh, But when it does come time, and I think that's going to be the standard for me going forward, is morning cigars will be a special cigar for me. I don't want to ever get back to the point that a morning cigar is just what I do. Yeah, and because I, I remember back this summer kind of at the height of the or the or late spring at the height of kind of the lockdowns and things like that. I know that was it was a situation where every day it became almost a habit for you. And once you finished that box of I I think it was Charter Oak Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, that um, that you basically were like, wait a minute, I, I feel some momentum here with this that it's it's not necessary. So I think that's that's how morning cigars have always been for me. You know once a week I have to drive out of town for work to go to our, our main office. It's about an hour and a half drive and if I make the drive the same day I'm working in the office, I leave my house about 6.30. Oftentimes I will smoke a cigar at 6.30 in the morning. It's not often, but it, you know, because an hour and a half drive is one of those destination or it's one of those moments for me where I do that. Yesterday was a perfect example. 
I got in the car and I was like, you know what? I just don't want a cigar today. Yeah. You know, and, and I and I think that's where that that morning cigar becomes so special because it's about having the opportunity rather than fulfilling a need. Right, and it's, you're not shoehorning one in. Right. And I don't want to ever feel like, but when it is time for that special morning cigar, and all the nominees are, we have the Charter Oak, Connecticut. Now, this was a big, this was a big morning cigar in my life this year because it's the first time I was actually able to get it. Right. And all the distribution finally got to where I was able to get it. And I really enjoyed it for that. And the Buffalo Tin Natural. Yeah. The the Buffalo Tin Natural was it was it was funny because when the Buffalo Tin originally came out, it was just called the Buffalo Tin. You and I were talking about this earlier. We both thought it was kind of a Maduro or broadleaf or something like that. And then doing research, I realized that, no, it was the Maduro that came out this year. This has been the, the Buffalo Tin that's been around forever. And it has always been a great morning cigar for me because it's it's really flavorful, but it doesn't pack such a nicotine punch that it makes you that antsy. Because a lot of times my morning cigar is paired with coffee. I don't need that double hit of an right. accelerant. Um, the other thing for me is that it's cheap. And I think... I think inexpensiveness is a key trait in a morning cigar. You know, you're in real estate sales. I've been in sales all my life. It's you start every day in the hole. And I don't, it's, we've talked about it on the show before. If you start your day with a Padron, you're starting your day $20 in the hole. Right. I'd much rather start my day four days, four, $4, $7 in the hole. Well, I think that this cigar is going to become prominent in the years to come. I think Ace Prime just getting everything started, getting everything together, now that they've got um, Crown Heads helping them distribute with Pachardo and the all of those El Artista. El Artista. Now that they've kind of got... But the Pichardo, oh, the Pachardo guys are different than the El Artista guys, ain't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's two different... So see, we mind. had them on the show back-to-back weeks a couple of years ago, and you and I can never keep them straight. That, that my mind merges those two companies for yeah. some strange reason. It does mine, too. And I think it's just because we had them on the show so close together. But I think it, distribution improves the Buffalo 10 is going to raise a little more ruckus. Yeah. Uh, right now, it's kind of hard to find. Uh, not because it's exclusive, just because it's, a, it's an emerging brand. If you have the opportunity to support, first of all, the guys at El Artista are great, um, but also it's a great cigar. Support it if you can. Yeah, definitely. And, and, the, and the guys at Pachardo are excellent, too. They are, too. Absolutely. And I actually had the opportunity to pick up some Pachardos during the break, and I really enjoyed those. But I think the morning cigar winner is the Charter Oak Connecticut. Got to be. That's two awards for char- for Foundation Cigars and Charter Oak this early in the award show. That's awesome. Well, you're going to go a long way with us. Yeah, it sounds like they're doing construction in here all That's exactly what I was going to say. They're setting up scaffolding <laughs> back there. You're going to go a long way with us if you've got good distribution, good price, and good cigar. Right. And uh, I would rather have a, great, a good cigar at a good price and a good distribution set. You know, plan right than just a great cigar that I have to you know fight to find right. I have to draw a pentagram and summon one is the only way I'm getting it right. And also, now this year, new category. <laughs> yeah, 
hopefully never to be repeated. With with any luck, yes. Hopefully this is a category that this will be the only year we will ever have a quarantine cigar. Yeah. This is such a funny... So I'm curious, you and I didn't really talk about this. You just put this category down. We both threw a bunch of cigars in it. And I'm curious what your approach to this category was. Well, so when the quarantine hit... Um, a lot of things changed very rapidly. There was a moment, you know, when they said, okay, we need to shut everything down. There was a lot of, of rabble-rousing about that, and history will bear out whether or not that was a good thing. We'll, we'll leave that to the people that like to talk about politics, because I don't. Right. But it did create a glut in the cigar market where people that normally would have bought one cigar were buying boxes. Exactly. You know, and a lot of companies, like Miami Cigar, for example, saw a an increase in sales um, despite a changing world of distribution. Well, and I like that Miami Cigar, they ran, at least here in the southeast, they ran the big Traeger promotion during the quarantine. Right. A lot of people would have chose to have not ran that promotion during the quarantine, but I actually think that was probably, whether on purpose or by accident, one of the most brilliant things Miami Cigar could have done. So I think it was on accident because at least at this shop, the promotion was already going before the actual lockdowns and things started. But I will say by the end of the quarantine, a lot of companies were doing virtual events and giveaways and raffles and things like that. So they really, by not backing down at the beginning of quarantine, I think they really did get out in front and set the stage for what other people ended up doing. You know, when quarantine, just like any change, change is always going to come with it a certain degree of pain and sacrifice. Right. And And we needed our cigars to kind of just sit down and have that that hour or two of normalcy. And and for me, one of those... Is it normalcy or normality? Normalcy. Normalcy, okay. Well, for me, one of those is the A.J. Fernandez New World. This is a cigar that's been out for a decade or, or a little more, and I've always really liked it. I think it's it's peak A.J. This it, If you want to know what A.J. Fernandez cigars taste like, this is the benchmark. And... I've got a cigar shop that's only about 10 minutes from my house. I choose to come down to this one just because I've been a regular here for years. And, and But it's a cigar that they carry there. And so it became kind of ritualistic for me that whenever I would go in there, I would grab one of these. And so this became a, a poster child for my cigar habits and my cigar smoking. Uh, in the early stages of the quarantine, when there weren't, when lo- when lounges weren't really open, it was just grab and go. Well, and did you did you gain comfort? Did it feel like an old familiar friend? You know, every time I light a Don Gonzalez cigar, it's like I'm visiting an old familiar friend. Yeah, I, I did feel that way because that's not a cigar that they carry here in this shop, and so it's a cigar that I had gone quite a bit of time since the last time I had one because I just I didn't go to that other shop until it became uh, sort of a necessity right and so yeah it really felt like oh yeah I forgot how much I love this cigar I forgot about these memories I had tied to this cigar and things like that it, it definitely did feel like coming home well and the my father Florida Los Atilius. Um that cigar 
flies under the radar in most of the shops that it's in. It does. And as... It's not as flashy a box as some of the other My Father products. It's priced a bit more economically than some of the other My Father products. Well, and as the quarantine wore on and people found out, wait, not only are people still buying cigars, they're buying more cigars, selections started becoming limited. So this was a great time to have that sleeper in your pocket. It was, And that was the exact scenario for this with me. You know, the the FDLA was, was one of those that I smoked a lot of as recently as about six or seven years ago. And then it kind of fell off as other new things came into the humidor. I kind of forgot about it. And, and uh, as some of my other go-tos were starting to get on back order and sell out, stuff like this, I've, I found that. And I have smoked a ton of those this year, mostly due to some other cigars being on back order. And, and, and I've just, it's really been a, um, a keystone of my regular yeah, rotation. It's been, it's been nice to revisit it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the La Aurora 115, now this cigar came out right almost coincided with the time quarantine started. Yeah, I think I think this is part of what the Traeger promotion was meant to spur. <clears throat> yeah, that was the 115. And I bought a box of them, and it was interesting because during quarantine, my standard day was my morning cigar would be an Africa usually. Yeah. And then the evening cigar would be a 115 when I was in the mood for something just a little bit stiffer. Yeah. So I think that's how that one falls into this category. And then, of course, the Charter Oak. The Charter Oak, you know, I have such a hard time, and I have to really keep myself in check, from not putting the Charter Oak in every single one of these categories in which it applies. I still smoke at least one of those a day, most of the time two, and I haven't gotten burned out of it. I have smoked probably eight or ten boxes of that cigar now at this point, if not more, probably a lot more. The problem for me with being able to give that more than just the nomination in this category this year is the fact that it, you know, by virtue of how good it is for the price point and how popular it is, it sells out and goes on back order a lot. And so for about three or four months of this year, you couldn't find it on shelves. Yeah, a lot of times when you were buying the FDLA, you were wanting you were you came to purchase Charter Oak, and it's for that exact reason that the winner this year is the My Father Florida Los Antillas. It is a, a, a forever classic, mm-hmm. and well deserved winner of that category. Just a forever classic. It appeals. It beat out for me. It beats out the 115, just because it has so much broader appeal than the 115. 115 is a great cigar. It is a it is a very good cigar, but but I think the the Florida Los Antillas has that staying power that that really makes it come alive in this category. Definitely. Well, let's step away real quick. Oh, okay. And uh, we'll step away for a break because we got a big full second half of the show. And uh, when we come back, we do have one news story we have to hit this week. We do. And uh, we have a couple of technical awards. We also have the workhorse, the cigar under eight, manufacturer on the move, the coveted cigar of the year. We'll be back with that and more after this. Shane here with this week, this year's cigar under eight category. We're going to do the Cigar Under 8 category and give the award during this segment. This year we had a lot of good Cigars Under 8 came out this year. We did. And here's the thing about Cigars Under 8. 
it's such a wide swath of what hits your palate. Yes. It, no matter what you prefer in a cigar, you can always find something that will fit your palate in this in this category. And this has been a category that's probably been easier this year than any other year, but harder because there's been so many more good cigars to consider. Yeah. And and for us in, in cultivating these lists, it just so happened that a lot of our nominees fit into other categories. So we kind of have a pared down list this year with only two nominees in this category, despite having probably a record number of worthy candidates. So the cigar you didn't think would be on this list, the Gurkha Castle Hall. We both smoked it on the show and both really enjoyed it. We both agreed that it was a step in the right direction for Gurkha. If, if they continue down this path, they are making moves in the right direction. That Gur- yeah, that Gurkha will be coming along and will shed some of the old baggage of the old Gurkha. There will probably be a turning point for Gurkha, and I think the Castle Hall kind of symbolizes a lot of that turning point. The other, from general, the Punch Knuckle Buster. And I also called the Knuckle Duster by me for some reason. I think it's because the... We learned a long time ago that we can't get our pronunciation of cigars from you. Well, the the, the (laughs) thing is, if you're going to call it the knuckle buster, don't put a knuckle duster on the label. They have a set of brass knuckles on the label, and it's a knuckle knuckle duster is what I've always called that. For some reason, I always want to call this the duster, but it's actually the punch knuckle buster. It's a Honduran cigar. The wrapper is Habano, Nicaraguan. The binder is Habano and Nicaraguan, and the filler is Habano and Nicaraguan. But just a great, inexpensive smoke for when you just want to pop in and grab something that you're going to take to the lake and go fishing, Yep. that you're going to play around a round of golf with one in your hand. Just an absolute great cigar, and I think it can be no other. The Punch Knuckle Buster is the winner of the Cigar Under 8 for this year. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane, sitting across from a man who has suffered many a bump joke this year, and here's a few. He's more a Vespa than a Harley. He put a C-note on Carol Baskings to win Dancing with the Stars at 5,000 to 1. Once a victim of a drive-by meditation. I don't remember that one. (laughs) He's a sexual jackalope. More dangerous than a busload of nuns and orphans in a zombie movie. Broke his resolution not to argue with people on Facebook. The creator of adolescent irra- irradiated kung fu squirrels. And I don't know if I have one of the year this year. I think sexual jackalope would have to be my bump joke of the year. <laughs> and I'll, but stay tuned for another year full of me abusing Trey mercilessly during this segment. That is so funny. <laughs> I, there are two of those that I don't remember. <clears throat> And I'm interested to see, what did the wife say about the sexual jackalope remark? No response. No response? No. She did just kind of beneath her notice (laughs) type deal. I figured she would would have some comment of some sort. (laughs) She she typically listens to the show right now. she, She and I are both working from home, and so she listens to it in her headphones while we're sitting there at the desk. And if if something ever happens, she'll pause it and tell me about it. So I'm usually there, and, and yeah, it just went right past. And in a separate recording during the Daytime Stogie Awards, technical awards were handed out to the following categories. Accessory Technology of the Year, 
For me, it was the Zycar 11 millimeter twist punch that I got. That has been the the perfect punch for years. I mean, there's just none better. The 11 millimeter is the is the key to that. The mm-hmm. nine millimeter is nice, but the 11 millimeter is the key to that. In that it's so it's just so much larger, especially for somebody like me that likes the large ring gauge cigars. You don't get that pinch point of a draw. Yeah, it's absolutely been the great technology. And new story of the year. Everybody knows what this one had to be. <laughs> this one got a lot of traction with you. Man rescues dog from gator with a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> and all this was this that just captured your imagination. Well, not only that, it, we kind of we've probably talked about it more here at the cigar shop than any other news story just outside of the podcast. Right. And all because the video was on Facebook. Everybody that was on Facebook seen it. Um, I got to pay a lot of my friends compliments saying that if I did see them rescuing their dog from an alligator, I would not have feel the need to jump in. Right. One of those friends, I actually told him I would probably jump in, try to help the alligator out just a little because I'd feel sorry for the alligator. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking <laughs> but, about. But he was a state wrestling champion and an NFL football player. So. Oh, it, it's not who I thought. Okay, <laughs> but that does make sense, yes. Yeah, it, I would definitely feel sorry for the gator in his category. But coming back to the main show. And I'll, do you want to hit this news story before we get back to yeah, the main awards? Because this is this is gigantic news. This is not usually we don't usually interrupt the stogies for a news story, but this is too huge to sit on. Yeah, this just came out today. Uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Company or, or group rather um, has announced that they're going to be splitting their portfolio, and this is big news because General's portfolio is massive. Uh, SDG is the the parent company to General Cigars. Their portfolio is massive. So what they've done is they've spun off a group called Forged Cigar Company, and they are going to take over Bolivar, Chillin' Moose, Cafradia, Diesel, La Gloria Cubana, and Partagas um, in the, in, for the U.S. distribution. Now, I didn't realize that Bolivar had a U.S. distribution, but I hope this means that we're more likely to see it around here. I'd be interested. It's the only Cuban cigar I find worth smoking, so I'd really be interested to try their their selection in the U.S. market. Well, in general's portfolio is still going to include CAO, Cohiba, Hoya de Monterey, Macadudo Punch, and then it says other brands, so the other things under the general umbrella. And one of the big reasons that we wanted to bring this up, and the reason it's such big news, at least here in this area, um, is that Forge Cigar Company is uh, has made a commitment to 12 sales reps, um, including a variety of people who are well-known industry veterans, one of whom, a friend of the show, Nate McIntyre. And uh, it's going to be led by additional friend of the show, Sean Hardiman. And I just am so over the moon for both of these guys to be given such an amazing opportunity. Well, you can tell, you know, speak, to speak to Sean first, um, you can tell how successful a guy is going to be by how people can't can't help but move him up quickly. Yeah. You know, he didn't seem like he was the general rep around this area for long before he was regional. Well, and you've got to look, if, if you look to cigar shops in this region and you see how pervasive the LFD section in any shop humidor is... That's all owed to Sean. Now, he and I met about 12 years ago, eight, 10 years ago, back in Atlanta when he was the LFD rep. 
And so all of the growth they saw in the Southeast region was completely due to him. And then he moved on to General and fully, you know, to take a a brand that basically sells itself and to see tremendous growth in that speaks really highly to him. And then, yeah, like you said, it felt like he was in that role for just a few minutes before they moved him, moved him on up the chain and kept giving him more and more responsibility. And if the, now I don't personally know the other guys on this list. But if they, if Nate McIntyre is the standard for what these other guys on this list do, this is a true all-star list. Yeah, it's going to be pretty amazing. That what Forge does, I think we're going to be. I think next year at the Stogies, we're definitely going to be talking about Forged Cigar Company. Well, and and Nate cut his teeth on House of Emilio cigars, and then moved on to Cubanacon before finding a home at at Miami Cigar, and. So this guy has a track record of not being just one of the most genuine people you'll ever meet, but also of taking brands with very little name recognition and turning them into humidor staples. And I think looking at the brand list for Forged, I think that's the perfect person you want in a role like this. Yeah, I think and Nate understands cigars and understands marketing on a level that most people don't. Yeah. Yeah. So very proud for Nate. Very congratulations and congratulations to Sean for getting the reins on this. I, I look forward to seeing if we can get them both to come back on the show next year at some point and start talking to us about what's going on. You know, as soon as the details get ironed out. Absolutely, absolutely. And I will. I will also say, you know, we've talked on the show before, uh, real quick before we get to the awards. You know. How many times you smoke cigars, not because the cigar's that good, but because you're friends with the guy who reps it? You know, there are a handful of brands that you and I smoke on a regular basis that are a direct result of that. How nice is it to know that you've got two friends repping the same brand, so it just saves you having to spread out too much? <laughs> yeah, it's good, because I'd hated for them to have came in direct competition to each other. Exactly. And it's kind of like when your wife catches you with your girlfriend, you know, it's kind of kind of awkward for a few moments. <laughs> but anyway. It's only, it's only awkward until the divorce is final. <laughs> okay. And uh, now to what, probably one of the cigar categories that's most near and dear to my heart. Certainly to mine as well. It's the workhorse cigar. Now, you and I are both guys that smoke at least a cigar a day. I think when we first started doing the show almost four years ago, you were a, a strict one-a-day guy. Now you've, you're definitely probably averaging about two. Um, I was till I gave up the morning cigar. Right. The last two weeks, I've been one cigar a day guy. Yeah. I but bet when spring hits again, you will probably go back to that. When it gets warmer and gets a little more enjoyable to sit outside, probably will. Probably be back to two a day. And I'll and not, be, not be a huge deal in my life. But, you know, the workhorse, of course, the Africa. Yeah. If I'm out of Africa, I'm out of cigars. We're both sitting here smoking one right now. It's just as good as the first one I ever lived. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a seven all the way always has been it's one of the i'm looking at the list i think it's the only cigar nominated in this category that actually got a seven from oh, us oh yeah outstanding cigar the h up manage fernandez well i was i was gonna say real quick the only thing about the africa that that keeps it from being the perfect cigar for me is the price point price point's a little high and yeah. the workhorse is a you've got a you can spend a little more on your workhorse cigar than you do on your morning cigar. Right. But price point, it kind of falls between what you would spend on a morning cigar and what you would spend on that the cigar of the day. Exactly. And I'll, 
the H of them by A.J. Fernandez. I cannot say enough good things about that cigar. Altadis product, outstanding cigar. It's always good. Always <laughs> fitting for the situation. And it's kind of like the Africa in that regard. I've never had an A.J. Fernandez H. Upman that I thought, I wish I was smoking something else. It's always just the perfect cigar for the moment. And it's one of those cigars that the great thing about it, it can kind of fly under the radar. Yeah. So if you're on the golf course and you pull one of those out and you share one with a friend, there's a good chance they've never smoked one, and it's just going to blow their socks off. Yeah, and I think it speaks, again, to what I was talking about with H. Upman earlier, which is the fact that they have a tendency to be passed over by a lot of people just because they're kind of an older brand. They may not have the, the curb appeal of some of these younger boutiques. And I will also say there's a couple of guys in here that, to my knowledge, don't go to any other cigar shops. Right. Until I happened to bring one of these in, and they both recognized it and went, "Oh my gosh, where'd you get that?" They didn't have it here, right? Because, I mean, they were excited because they had had one and just. And I think that's pretty telling. It is. That's a that's a very telling, telling tale. Yeah. And all that that tells the story would be the proper way to praise that. And then you you also entered the Roma Craft Intemperance. Now this is a cigar. I don't have you. Had one of these or just not, not a huge fan? I smoked them. I'm not a. I'm just not a. You're giant just not a Roma Craft fan. Yeah. So th- this is another one of those cigars that became a pretty big um, quarantine staple for me uh, because of the aforementioned Charter Oak not really being able to stay on the shelves. But it's one of those cigars that even outside of that, I just always after I've already had my two Charter Oaks for the day and I just need something else to kind of. It's. I find I constantly go back to the, the price point is excellent. It's hovering around that $8 mark. It's not quite sub-8. But it's just always so rich and meaty and flavorful. And it's just, it truly defines for me the workhorse category. But I don't think it can be the winner. No, it can't be. I think the winner has to be the H. Upman, A.J. Fernandez. Now the All day long. The only reason that I put the H. Upman A.J. Fernandez is like you mentioned. It's price. Yeah. Is it's the, when I give somebody in Africa, I'm handing them a kind of higher-end cigar, and if for some reason they end up only smoking a third of it or two-thirds of it. If you they take it as a personal attack. Yeah, it really bothers me. Yeah. <laughs> it really troubles me if they don't smoke the whole Africa. Or if I hand them an H. Upman and they don't smoke the whole cigar, I'm... I'm surviving that. Right. It's not as traumatic for me. So for that reason, we must give Workhorse Cigar, H. Upman, A.J. Fernandez. And all. So, manufacturers. In a year like no other, it's interesting what manufacturers have done. Some have pulled back on the reins. Some have hit the gas. So there's so many different philosophies for how you go about selling these cigars. Because cigars are a luxury item. Yeah. This is a luxury item. This is a hobby. This is a luxury pursuit. And by and large, the men that pursue this are people that just enjoy cigars. Right. And also for a manufacturer to come in and really start making some moves means they've got to be offering something unique. If they're getting into this category, they've got to offer something unique. Right. And I think the, the first nominee really embodies that. Yeah, Dapper Cigars 
Um, I was introduced to Dapper Cigars by you. You mm-hmm. actually introduced me to Dapper. And then everywhere I went, I noticed that Dapper was popping up. And so much so when I finally met the Dapper rep at the um, uh, party in Madison, Alabama, the anniversary party, I told him, I said, you must be the nicest dude ever. Because everybody <laughs> I talk to really likes you. And uh, now the the original Dappers were super well constructed. Mm-hmm. The El Barachos. I had the I had both the El Barachos. Super well constructed. Super well put together. Smoked good. Good flavored cigar. Just had a lot going for them. They weren't as complex. The newest Dapper, the one I smoked last week with Robbie, that has the purple band, the Cyclone or something like that. I'll yeah. have to, I'd have to look it up. I was trying to remember it, but... Um, just outstanding. It fixed all of that. So Dapper really made some great moves this year. Yeah, and I think the fact that they, you know, they sprung up, you know, they they spread through humidors faster than COVID this year. Oh yeah, they just came out of nowhere, and uh, just absolutely out of nowhere. Now McAuliffe. You know, we've been talking about McAuliffe cigars for about a year and a half, two years now, and that was when we first kind of got on board with the the ambassador program that they're doing, which has been huge in, you know, kind of cultivating a, a fan base and a consumer base. And, you know, they've, they've released a handful of new cigars this year, each one better than the last. And, and I'm starting to see them kind of like Dapper expand, spread into more and more shops. Well, and what's to me, what sets McAuliffe apart from everybody else is their programs that they put into place. You know, they're working on the substantial equivalency program. Right. They have already the program where you can call Robbie at Big Boys and say, hey, I need a bundle of A's. If he doesn't have a bundle of A's on the shelf, it don't matter because he's just going to call McAuliffe and say, hey, this customer bought a bundle of A's. They send him the bundle of A's from the warehouse and shoot him his commission on that. Right. Which is brilliant. Every cigar maker in the world should do that. (laughs) And the other thing I think that really sets McAuliffe apart, and we haven't had him on the show yet, but I think it's Andy Yaffe. Andy's incredible. No one has worked harder during all of the turmoil of this year than Andy. He has done multiple webinars with different people throughout the industry, not not necessarily people within the company, but just people that are... You know, famous in the industry and sitting down and talking with people. You know, he posts to Facebook so much I had to block notifications from him, <laughs> and and but not in a bad way. Just it, it, he was working so hard, and I think he has kept McAuliffe so relevant during a time where it's really easy to get lost in the wash of all the other brands that are out there. I think it's oh, he he set the standard. He's yeah. the standard setter for what the rep should have been doing this year. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Fernandez. Yeah, now you entered AJ Fernandez. I, I, I want to hear your argument. I did. So, you know, we've been talking about AJ again, kind of like McCalla, for a couple of years about all of the collaborations, and I think this year AJ actually rele- released a couple of cigars on their own label, and I had the list pulled up, and it's gone now, so I don't have the the names right off the top of my head. But they have become such a synonymous name with high quality cigars this year because of how many cigars are made in their factories under other brands and I think it's just showing how poised they are to make some moves and and show that they're not just the new world that they're able to do this and that and the other thing what stands out for me about AJ Fernandez as a manufacturer they are king 
of doing a collaboration cigar, but you're not having to pay a collaboration price. Exactly. So many times you get a collaboration cigar, and so many people have their hands out during that collaboration. That it starts at $14. Right. And AJ doesn't do that. They have a model. They have an amazing marketing team. They have resources built from the years and years in the cigar business. They can collaborate in a very cost-effective manner. Yeah, absolutely. And on that's that's huge. That's a huge boon to a manufacturer. And I I'm, I get the impression that we're going to continue to see that, and that was part of the reason for their inclusion in this list for me. The the, the last nominee in this category is Fratello. Now, this is not a company that we talk a lot about on the show, mostly because I don't think they carry them here anymore. And so it's it's owned by a guy named Omar DeFrias, and he is based out of Washington, D.C., and just bootstrapped this company. He was a big fan of medium-bodied cigars, but at the time, a true medium was hard to find. So he blended a cigar exactly to his palate and said, if I like it, surely somebody else will too. And he hit the road and just went knocking on doors as the owner of the company and kind of rep- And he built, and this was going back to about seven, eight years ago is when this started. Well, he's since released the the white label and and the box press and, and another other number of other things. And I've noticed that he had about two or three new lines come out this year. One of which is called the Arlequin, and I smoked it for the first time about a week ago. And I've got to tell you, it's pretty impressive. Well, you know, I've never had a bad Fratello. I've not had the Fratello yet. To me, sets the standard. But I've never had a bad one. I've smoked four or five of of his line. Right, and and so I just this is this is a company that your your local humidor may not carry, but if you come across it and you've never had one, it's it's absolutely worth picking up. And they're in that ten to eleven dollar range most of the time, so it's not going to break the bank. Well, this category was a tough one for us to pick a winner. It was. Um, it was super tough to pick a winner because it basically come down to McAuliffe and A.J. Fernandez. Both of those could be argued that as manufacturers, they made strides not for their brand but for the cigar industry. Exactly. But in that, I've got to give it to McAuliffe. It has to be McAuliffe. Their innovation, their programs that they've worked through, the motivation of their sales force, the availability of Al, of yeah. Al McAuliffe coming and sitting down and having a smoke with you. You know, my wife and I got to sit and have a smoke with Al. And just the, he's just the most down-to-earth, coolest dude ever. I just think McAuliffe edges out A.J. Fernandez by the barest of margins, but I think they do. And and I I look forward to seeing what they do going forward because I I know they're going to continue to make moves. So our next category is special releases. I have such a love-hate relationship in my life with special release cigars. Uh, I do, too. You and I share that. I'm always concerned that I'm going to love a special release, and it's going to be very hard to get more of them. Then there's also when you do love a special release and you manage to stock a few up, and then they call and say, oh, yeah, well, that sold so well, we're going to make it a regular production. Yeah. And, (laughs) And then all of the effort you put in to get it the first time is for nothing. So the special release is a love-hate relationship, but it's well worth a reward. Um, first nominee, the Caldwell Magic Super Lancero. We smoked this on the show together. It's one of the few Lanceros that I can say that I actually like. Outstanding cigar, had great flavor. I've since had a couple of more of them. And just really, really a box-worthy cigar in every 
every means as possible. Absolutely. And all. Drew Estate. Now, we haven't talked about Drew Estate yet on the show. We really haven't. Drew Estate, during quarantine, Kyle Davis worked his, worked his fingers to the bone. He did. And quarantine was a good thing for Drew Estate in that so many of the cigar superstars that they have, they have such a stable, more so than any company, of recognizable names that these are Willie Herrera, Pedro Gomez. These are no known cigar guys. Right. And, uh, and they did a great job of, during quarantine, giving people virtual access to those guys. Making themselves available. Yeah. And I, I think um, I think nothing you know, exemplifies that more than the Year of the Rat. The Year of the Rat, great cigar. I've had several of them. Really enjoyed that cigar. I always liked the Ratzilla. I always liked the Dirty Rat. And the Year of the Rat was the logical next step. Mm-hmm to that line of cigars and just very good yeah I've, I've still got one more in the humidor uh from a box i bought earlier in the year so it's got about six months of age on it right now and i'm i'm looking forward to to busting that out here in about another five or six months the other thing drew estate did that also got a monod on this list was the hoya de nicaragua not nicaragua shut the box you know the cigar itself was not really that. I, I think it was the exact same blend as the original um, Antonio. Antonio, thank you. Uh, but the the cleverness, the nod to one of their own, the the presentation, everything about that was just so well done. And it's such a it's such a fun game to sit in the cigar bar and play. And I can't. I think that might be the only box of Drew Estate cigars that I've ever bought. If that tells you anything. Yeah, we both bought a box when they got here because we both liked the game, liked the Antonio. Antonio's a great cigar. Antonio ages so well. It does. I've been aging mine. I can't wait. I'm gonna wait probably to smoke another of mine until they're at least two years old. But they age so well. Yeah, Every, they do. All Hoya products age well, but it seems like the Antonio really ages well. Um, Tatawahe, every year they're going to make it on this list with their Monster Series. Right. And this year they kind of started a new standard in the Monster Series. Instead of the classic movie monsters, they started going with the classic actors. Right. And it was the Karloff. Um, I would be remiss and in trouble if I didn't mention my wife did win the Monster Game for the third year in a row this year. (laughs) And is why we were able to enjoy this on the show. And she was nice enough to share the Karloff with us. Yeah. And it was a good cigar, and it didn't have the... The only down thing I've ever been able to say about the Monsters is they always seemed a little young. This one didn't have that problem, and that was exactly what I was going to say made this such a a dark horse in this race, is typically we mention it, but it very rarely wins by virtue of the fact that the Monsters almost always need at least another year of age before they're good. This was actually smokable right out of the box. It was ready to go from day one. And the last, this is a big category. It is. (laughs) The last one in this category. Also donated by your lovely bride. Yeah, she she heard me talk about wanting a La Polina Goldie. The Goldie is rolled in the Titan de Bronze factory. It's only ever rolled by one roller at a time. It's special tobacco. To me, it's the truest, the truest calling of what a special release cigar should be. Yes. And all the if you if you look up special release cigar in the dictionary, it's the La Polina Goldie. It's the La Polina Goldie, and it's for that reason why this year the award goes to the La Polina Goldie. The La Polina Goldie, and 
had a great moment with a Goldie earlier this week, a friend of ours, a good friend of ours. It was his birthday. We were all here watching football. And I said, well, what are you smoking? And he said, well, I hadn't got a cigar yet. And my wife gave me the nod and said, I have a Goldie with me. And we gave him a Goldie for his birthday. Oh, that's excellent. Which was just absolutely the perfect cigar to give somebody for their birthday. So congratulations to the La Polina Goldie. All right. Well, it's that we have time. reached the time that the moment we've all been waiting for. So, what makes a cigar of the year? I don't think it has to be a seven-rated cigar. I, I don't think that's necessary, but it certainly helps. I think it's a cigar that was, you know, we, we established when we first started doing the Stogie Awards that we would always award the Cigar of the Year to a cigar that was released in, in that year. Um, that's obviously a defining characteristic. And I think it just has to be as good every time you go back to the well, like the Africa was last year. I think if I had to sum up what makes a Cigar of the Year in one word, it would be undeniable. Mm-hmm. It has to be undeniable that this cigar was the best thing anybody did last year. Yeah. And and it's just, it is undeniable, these cigars that we have chose, that they were the best cigars these manufacturers could put out last year. Absolutely. First on the list, the McAuliffe A. You know, I I smoked this on the show and rated it a seven. I, it's priced so well at about six bucks. I love the story of it coming into existence by virtue of a crowdsourced vote and and the way that they have distributed it amongst their retailers. Uh, I just think this is a a great example of, of a way to not only create a good cigar, but create a fanfare around it and to get the buy-in from the public. This is what happens when a company says, this is the cigar, and knows how to distribute it, knows how to market it, knows how to do everything correct with it. And knows how to listen to their clientele. Absolutely. Because originally there was a couple of different um, iterations, and, you know, this was all crowdsourced, and we've told the story before how this cigar came about. This cigar is kind of fits the definition of cigar of the year to a T. Very hard... It's hard. These other two are a hard press yeah. to do it. Now, the Agonorsa Leaf Supreme Leaf. I've smoked a box plus of these. I love this cigar. This cigar is the perfect anytime cigar. This cigar could only be made by a company like Agonorsa Leaf that knows tobacco on a level that very few people do. Well, and, and that's the thing with Agonorsa Farms. You know, you get the impression when you smoke one of their cigars that they know something you don't you know it's like when you go to a restaurant and you tell the chef to just have fun right that's the impression i get whenever i smoke a cigar from agonorsa and this is a perfect example of the best that they can do you know we talk about our scale of one to seven and what does a cigar start you know a drew estate cigar comes to me and it starts at a five and it works its way up or down right an Agonorsa Leaf starts for me at five and three-quarter, almost six. Yeah, it does for me as well. Just because of their heritage, their so much about what they do and know about tobacco is so amazing. They, the Agonorsa Leaf 
is a very that's going to be a tough tough competitor to beat. And then the last entry is the La Aurora 107 Nicaragua. Now this cigar, when I first smoked it, said that's as good as the African. And I know you and I disagree on this just ever so slightly uh, because it, it doesn't necessarily hold up to repeat smoking for you like the Africa does. For me, it has. And one of the things I love about it is it's just so different from anything they've ever done, but it still tastes like a La Aurora. It still tastes like a destination cigar. The most unfair thing that I do with this cigar is compare it to the Africa. Right. They really, if I had never smoked an Africa and smoked this cigar, I wonder what I would think. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I also think, too, that... You know, as far as a follow-up to the Africa, I think it plays that role really well. Because here's here's them proving that the Africa wasn't a fluke. Right. That we can do a cigar on that level. We can completely rewrite the rule book on the cigars that we make and still make something that's, you know, knocking on the door of a seven. And there could only be, I mean, all of these cigars are worthy. And it's it's kind of tough picking the number one cigar, the cigar of the year, because you don't want to shortchange how good so much of the other stuff that's come out has been. But I think McAuliffe, the A. It, is, it has to be the A. It's just, it's so good. It's priced well. It's not limited release. It's, uh, you know, it's from a company that, as we talked about earlier, is making some phenomenal moves in the industry and proving they know what they're doing. And it's just all around the cigar that of all of the cigars we've talked to about tonight, if, if I'm looking at any of them, that's the one I'm going for. Yeah, when we started this list, we really had to, we really put a lot of thought and time into deciding the cigar of the year. And we both agreed it's got to be the McAuliffe. So congratulations to McAuliffe on getting the A to be the this year's Cigar Cast Cigar of the Year. And also, that's the Stogies. We've covered all the categories. We've talked about all the cigars. I'm, I'm looking forward to see what 21 has to offer in the cigar world as the world has shifted and changed. I'm interested to see how the cigar market is going to change. Well, and we've got we've got one more award before we go. I'm going to give an award this year to the best co-host in the business. Thank Shane, you. it has been a pleasure to do another year of the Cigar Cast with you. It has, and best fans in the business. Absolutely. Uh, the, you know, there's so little brings me more joy than walking in and somebody saying, oh, wait, I heard you on this. I right. heard you on this podcast. And every time a new follower picks us up on Facebook, it makes my day. And all, and as this thing continues to grow and we continue to just enjoy smoking cigars together, spending time together, it's just been a great year for the podcast. And all, and I, I can't hardly wait for what the next year has to offer us. Neither can I. Well, we'll be back with our regular scheduled programming next week. And until then, you can reach us on Facebook.com slash The Cigar Cast. We're on Instagram and Twitter at The Cigar Cast. And you can email us at info at cigarcast.com. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great cigar and think well of us.